Hello again, Tom Walker, MassHack Unit 1. Today is Thursday, March 18th, 2021, and we just wanted to record a, another podcast and get some information out there uh, in regards to the governor's Bridge to Phase 5 plan um, announced earlier today, um, our current COVID data, and then um, kind of a check-in on our instructional uh, transition um, that we did uh, last week, and then just some upcoming dates. And once again, I'm joined by our superintendent, Jason Hayes. Thanks, Tom. So um, we had a big announcement today. We were hoping for a little bit more than what we got, but uh, it's still a step in the right direction, I think. So uh, we thought we'd start with the what is called, I believe, by Governor Pritzker, the bridge to phase five, which is essentially kind of a new phase in between phase four, where we're at, and phase five, where we want to be. Right. And I, I think I've heard you say this a couple times, kind of a, a 4.5, if you will. <laughs> and uh, this this plan, though, does base itself around um, some vaccination metrics and the uh, actual bridge fan, uh, excuse me, bridge to phase five uh, part of that plan itself. Um, we're almost already there. Um, it has to do with a number of vaccination percentage for um, the population that's 65 and older, and, and the metric is 70%. Mm -hmm. And I believe we looked at it earlier today, and it's 58% uh, or just a, a shade over that. So, and I think you talked about how much it might take to get up yeah, to that 70% they were, marker. They, if, I'm, if I didn't misunderstand, I was trying to listen uh, to that press conference while we were working on some stuff with the architect. But I believe he said uh, at the current rate of, or the current vaccination rate of our seniors, we would probably get there in three to three and a half weeks um, because he was saying something about three to four percent uh, additional seniors vaccinated each week. So I think we would be there, uh, according to his uh, data, by April 11th or 12th uh, if everything continues to go you know, on track. And that's uh, assuming that nothing goes backwards and the numbers don't go spike way up or whatever so i think uh, by early to mid april we could be in this new bridge phase which is exciting in a way because there are some new uh, uh, increases in capacity which really after we looked at this time i don't see anything else other than some increases in capacities here do you no there's nothing in there explicitly meant for schools in fact all of our guidance um, even though it is somewhat derivative of the phase plan restore illinois all comes from the idph and all comes from you know isb or the illinois state board of education so between the Department of Health and the, and the um, whether that's the state or local and then um, uh, the State Board of Education, uh, we, we kind of get our guidance from them. Um, but there are some interesting capacity changes here. And the one that uh, highlighted and we kind of looked at was uh, social events. And right now under phase four, if it's indoors, it's lesser of 50 people or 50% capacity. And that changes to uh, 250 people under the bridge plan. Mm -hmm. um, which is quite interesting, and there may be some ramifications there moving forward for us. We don't know that. We can we can talk about it and think about it, um, but it is interesting to look at because that's the kind of the first time we've seen numbers like that as yeah, far as yeah, we're, groups of people. And I think it's safe to assume that that would more than likely impact our 50-person uh, restriction on a space, I believe is how it's worded for mm -hmm. us. So like uh, Tom said, we've had to operate under different rules than the uh, businesses and restaurants and things because we're schools. And one of the things that we have been obligated to do is uh, keep every space under 50 people or less, even our school buses and things of that nature. And they haven't really given us... 
uh, any leeway on that or, or actually, you know, uh, said that you could do anything more than that at this point. But I think it's because it was based on the phase four rule uh, like you just read of the indoor events and things of that nature. So maybe I think it's safe to assume we might be um, able to increase our in our, our space, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Our, you know, whatever. Right. And, and we're not obviously we're just kind of looking at the restore Illinois bridge uh, to phase five plan and kind of, you know, making those assumptions ourselves, but we won't know anything until the Illinois state board actually releases guidance on this. And uh, we do anticipate that to be relatively soon um, Mm -hmm. because it does tend to follow whenever these adjustments are made in the plan. And it also kind of makes sense now too, Tom, I think uh, we, and we may have mentioned this last time we did a podcast, but we were waiting on ISBE to provide guidance for uh, things this spring Uh, which we've been waiting for patiently, and they have not yet, but it could be that they were waiting for the governor's announcement of this plan before they tell us things about graduation, prom, you know, et cetera, that we are waiting on from the state board. Uh, Last year, they didn't allow any of that, and this year we're hoping that there's going to be uh, some improvement there that we'll be able to do, even if it's not a normal uh, graduation ceremony, something closer to normal. Right, um, right. So, and I think it's safe to say, or safe to assume, of course we are assuming here and speculating, but uh, given the metrics on this bridge plan, which we have posted on the uh, uh, MassAC website right on the main page, if you want to take a look at it, uh, it, it does have some interesting venue uh, metrics for spectator events, and I think it's safe to assume or speculate that that could increase our outdoor athletic events right now our outdoor athletic events have been increased to 20 percent excuse me 20 percent capacity rather than just 50 people like uh, indoors indoors like basketball volleyball that's still 50 people total outdoors is 20 uh, percent capacity but if you look at the bridge plan they move that up to 60 percent capacity which is a big difference and i'm thinking that we'll probably get an increase on that as well for like our football games mm-hmm. uh, baseball games etc so we'll just have to wait and see and uh, kind of moving forward uh, with that we did want to look at um, our own uh, regional and uh, in the county some covid data we, we cover this all the time on these podcasts and this is linked uh, to our uh, district website. Um, but looking at the metrics lately have been um, nothing but really good. Um, I know there's been a handful of days where you'll get the report and I know you'll, you'll send it right to me and just kind of out of amazement how good it is um, because there's a lot of zeros all over the place. Um, you know, we, we've uh, had some really good positivity rates. Um, really low numbers overall. I think the one that really struck out to us yesterday was just the regional raw numbers, eight positives. (laughs) Yeah, I think if you really look at this, and we've been tracking this, our data on this one sheet goes back to June 11th. Uh, So we have data on every single day uh, for Massac County and for Region 5 since June 11th, and these are the lowest numbers we've seen since we started doing that. Uh, Massac County is at 1.7% positivity, which is uh, crazy low, and I think it would even be lower. The only reason it's at that is because the uh, data that was reported for the 15th, which is the last data point reported, was one positive test out of nine, uh, which is an 11% positivity rate. And if that, if we would have just had more tests than nine on that day, um, that wouldn't wouldn't be anywhere near 11%. So our our overall average, our seven-day average, would be much lower, probably lower than one percent even. Uh, and that's in the region, like you said yesterday. Um, we were looking at that, and there were over a thousand tests administered, a thousand one hundred eighty-eight to be exact, and there were only eight positive cases in Region Five. 
that is uh, unheard of compared to what we've been seeing prior to this. Right. And so, again, we post this on our website, um, but it's really interesting. These are some of the lowest numbers we've seen. Uh, like I said, you've, you've been really keeping track of this for quite a long time now. And uh, it's just, you know, it's good. Um, good to see. It's going in the right direction. Um, you know, and, and I, I think we anticipate, you know, uh, some numbers, you know, maybe, you know, jumping around here and there because that's what we've seen in our own county. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of it is because, you know, sometimes there are a lot less tests administered or reported. And then one day there's a big jump in tests reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a good example of that is yesterday there were over 140 tests uh, reported and today there was nine. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a there's quite a bit of variance in the uh, average <laughs> test in Massac County. But, you know, the other thing, if you look at just the overall chart, uh, for Region 5 or even for um, Massac County, you know, we were expecting uh, and people were anticipating a huge spike, uh, the post-Christmas spike. They were saying uh, probably three to four weeks after Christmas that was supposed to go way up. And really, we had a small spike in uh, January there in Massac County, but overall the region did not. And it's been steadily going down ever since that uh, large spike in November when we had to close down to remote only. So really, we haven't seen a huge spike uh, since then. Uh, And I think um, everybody's hopeful that it's going to continue at this rate. You know, I'm sure there'll be some upward trends, you know, as any data like that. But the overall trend will be down, I think. And that's uh, what it looks like. It's been that way since November. Right. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's been going in the, in the right direction. Um, we do realize that there are different things to consider with all this, but we you know we're, we're looking at this and I'll kind of use this as a, a move on to our next topic. Um, kind of checking in on our instructional transition, you know, adding that extra day, you know, obviously it thought, okay, well, and we're bringing back all of our remote students. So of course, you know, we, we could have anticipated, you know, numbers just, you know, going up and mm-hmm. so far. Yes, and that's a good point. And we look at our, uh, we've been tracking our uh, exclusion. We call them exclusions at the school level. The health department calls them quarantines. But uh, right now we have a total of, I think it's actually down to 18, even though it says 20 on the website right now. There's two I need to take off there that are off today. Uh, But if you look at our overall percent of excluded students, uh, the highest is at the high school where 2% of the students are excluded everywhere else is either zero or one we have a total of 18 exclusions right now and no positive cases and we've only had one positive case since we went to the five-day transition uh and you know what you said is important we brought back 300 students that were on full remote and they are back in our classrooms now and um we haven't had this any really negative impact yet you know knock on wood um and so far, so good. So uh, we, our student exclusion numbers are still lower than they were uh, back in January and December, uh, or November rather, before we went on full remote. And uh, we're, we're still hanging in there. And we, have, we only have 68 students on full remote medical exemption status, um, which is huge for us because uh, the, the, the students on full remote uh, were a huge barrier to getting th- things back to normal. And it's not their fault. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying it was impossible for us to cover all the students, both on remote and in person. So making this transition, I think, is a step in the right direction. And we're hopeful that we can get more of those students back as uh, as we continue going. If, if nothing, you know, if the train doesn't go off the tracks here and we continue on this downward slope, 
we're going to be reaching out to parents and saying and asking them, hey, please consider sending your students back, you know, even if you're on medical exemption because it's working and we really don't think that schools are a, a problem for this virus and we really need our kids back in school. We only have, I think I counted yesterday, it was 42 days of school left this year. Uh, and of course, we're going to have some summer school opportunity, but at the end of the day, we're, we're running out of time. It's been an entire year uh, with disrupted learning, so we're really trying to get back. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, the uh, the new bridge phase or whatever, when we get there, maybe we'll be able to have a full day of school. Uh, you know, right now, lunch has been a problem because of the 50-person uh, limit, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been very adamant that you can't go over that because at lunch because you're taking your masks off, you're exposing people. And uh, in order to have the 50-person limit at the high school, we'll have a lunch of 300, you know, so we would have to have six different spaces of 50 to spread out in. It's just not as easy as it sounds. But if, if, if they lift that and we get to this bridge phase and they, they raise that number, we could theoretically, we might be able to have a full day of school with lunch and things get back to normal except with the mass. So. Um, so again, a lot of a lot of good uh, good trends. Um, everything's you know uh, trending in the right direction. Uh, we just wanted to kind of finish this up with uh, some upcoming dates. We do have a regular school board meeting uh, set for Monday, March twenty second. Uh, that said, there are no big changes anticipated whatsoever. Uh, we, we we're not really discussing any transitional yeah. changes or anything like that everything I, I, will be the yeah i think it's it's probably good to point that out that because there was a lot of apprehension and anxiety the last couple board meetings as we were trying to decide how to move forward uh, there's nothing planned for that there's no uh, expansion or transition planned at this point we're just going to try to continue doing what we're doing uh, until something changes with the state so there's you know, that's not going to be discussed monday we have some other things to discuss we have some building projects for some uh, grants and uh some bond money that we're trying to take care of so we have some things there'll be a lot of different things to discuss but it won't be uh lengthening the school day or, or doing anything else at, at this meeting i don't anticipate that anyway right and then again uh also kind of hard to believe because this is coming right up in a couple of weeks friday april 2nd no school uh good friday and then the following week monday april the 5th through the 9th is uh no school because of spring break um so uh, you have uh, that coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, and then finally, the spring testing window for our state assessments um, has been pushed back to the end of April, um, maybe uh, first part of May there. Do you want to discuss that uh, to finish this off here? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, basically we were hopeful uh, this year that they would, uh, the federal government would uh, give states a waiver on the assessments again. They did not. And so um, the state does the state assessments because they're mandated by the federal government and they would have to give back funding to the federal government if they didn't. And so we're going to have to move forward with spring testing. Uh, and, and that's not a huge deal. I mean, I, you know, we're going to make that happen. They have pushed the window back. But just know that we are still required to do that and the states are still required to do that from the federal government. And I think there was a lot of hope with the new administration simply because it's different. I'm not advocating for Democrat or Republican, but just because it changed party, I think some people thought there would be a waiver available and it has not been offered yet. So I think the states are still going to be held accountable to perform those tests, which means we will. Uh, And we know they're not going to be as good, and we know that going in, but that's something we're still going to be required to administer, and it's in person. So I think it's probably a good idea to start getting this out there. If you're on full remote, there will be a time this spring where we have to bring kids in in the afternoons in isolated areas, um, and we have to perform that test in person. 
Uh, it's required by the state and by the federal government, and there's no getting around that, and we can't do it remotely. Right, uh, right. So that's something to just plan for if you're one of the 60, what was it, 68 students, I think, uh, yes. that are on full remote. Um, there will be a time where we have to get you in for a, a day, a couple days maybe in the afternoon to uh, finish those state-required assessments. But we'll manage that, and we'll get through that. And then who knows, something may change before then. Uh, and uh, maybe kids will be back in classrooms. Right, yeah, and we still have several weeks out until that. Again, that, that window doesn't even start until uh, potentially the end of April or even maybe yeah. the first part of May. So, um, But we just wanted to discuss that. Uh, was there anything else before we close up the podcast for today? No, I think it's just, just to reiterate, everything that was announced today from the governor really didn't change anything, so there was nothing changed as of today. Uh, they're hopeful that uh, we'll move into this bridge phase, which is posted on our website. If you want to read about that, they're hopeful that they'll, that will happen by early April. Uh, but it's dependent upon, like you said, the vaccination rate on the senior citizens in Illinois. So really nothing has changed today. We were hopeful that something major was going to change as of today, but it did not. And, and we're just going to have to wait and see how this plays out. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Have a great day.